You may have heard me mention my ADHD burnout workshop that I held live last week. Over eight of you signed up for this session, which is a testament to not just what is going on in the world, but also how prevalent burnout is within the ADHD community. I had some positive feedback after the event and was told how timely, validating and helpful the workshop was for many of you. For this reason, I am now selling the recorded version of this workshop, which is about an hour and 15 minutes long and includes lots of practical tools to help increase our awareness of what factors trigger our burnout, how to prevent it from creeping up again in the future and incremental daily steps to shift how we work and live our lives. There's also a brief Q&A session for the last 15 minutes, which may benefit many of you still with questions regarding your ADHD. And as someone who has experienced burnout symptoms for many years, I also offer my own personal insights and tips, which have contributed to a calmer and less pressurised life. I'm still on this learning journey, but I have now greater awareness, a new perspective, and more of an ability to pause and check in when life begins to feel overwhelming. I hope this ADHD burnout workshop helps you wherever you are in your journey and offers you an opportunity to reflect on your life and where you can make some positive shifts for your well-being, health, career and lifestyle. I always believe that when we take self-responsibility and make some changes from within, we always reap the benefits in our external world. To buy a recording of this workshop, just head to the show notes of this episode or my website, which is coachingbykate.me.uk, and all the details are on there. Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and if you've arrived here, there must be a reason. I'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your wellbeing alongside ADHD, or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer. So why start this podcast? I'm a well-being and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40. And now, after supporting many other women just like me, and probably you, I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD. And through the podcast, I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and balanced life. So wherever you are on your ADHD journey, my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. So hi everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. And today's guest, we have Kim Rain. She is an ADHD performance coach and she specifically helps women with ADHD in their business, their careers, self-belief. And she helps ADHDers have more confidence, focus and success in business. She's also the author of the Amazon bestseller Square Pegs, a book of self-discovery for women with ADHD, the founder of ADHD Brains in Business, a vibrant community of high flyers ready to lean into and celebrate their neurodiversity and the proud owner of a late ADHD diagnosis. And she helps her clients overcome procrastination, get on top of overwhelm and increase their confidence and productivity by working with their brains rather than against them. I love this because I desperately needed this several years ago. And I know so many women who are have these brilliant 
business brains, but lots of the challenges of ADHD sort of get in the way and they kind of come to a bit of a, a stall in their business. So I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today, Kim, because we're going to dissect all of this. We're going to understand the intersection of why our ADHD brains can be so brilliant at business, but also all the stumbling blocks that often hold us back and stop us believing that we are able to do the things that we want to do. Um, so welcome. Yeah. Lovely to have you. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I have to say I've been listening to it anyway, because because wellness is such a huge part of, of ADHD management, isn't it? It's looking after yourself. So, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much. But we always allude to careers and business and everything and burnout. And we talk, it's, it's very much sort of like a lifestyle conversation we have on the podcast. But I personally, I, I love business. I love talking about entrepreneurship. I really relate to women in business and, you know, starting their own businesses because I think our brains are so wired to working on our own, but also creating and coming up with new ideas. And it's a very exciting place to be when it's all going well. But when we hit yeah. <laughs> the overwhelm of too many ideas, we hit the procrastination, we hit that moment where we're like, who are you even to do this? Like the imposter syndrome weighs down. And then all of a sudden the ADHD feels very, very difficult and we just want to jack it all in and, and forget about it and close the business down. So how, I mean, are you seeing this in your daily coaching? Like, is this what you're presented with, with your clients? Yeah, a lot. And for me, I think that I help women to feel more confident in business. That's the main thing is that as ADHDers, the way I I came into this is through I've been coaching for 17 years and in the health and well-being space, really, and officially ADHD for the last year, but unofficially the last four years, um, because what happened was one of my clients came to me and she was an extremely successful lady. She was the global head of talent for a big media firm that we would all know and said, Kim, I think I've got ADHD. And I was a bit taken aback as, you know, thinking, well, I couldn't quite fathom it because she was so successful and so driven and just that complete opposite of what I believed ADHD to be. And obviously that set me on opening this Pandora's box that, you know, really led me down a path of real discovery and and my own diagnosis. But actually, once I became aware of what ADHD was, I realized that I'd unknowingly been coaching ADHD for all, for the 17 years in so many of my clients because actually they were successful. They were doing well either in their own businesses or in their careers, but the burnout, the lack of confidence, the overwhelm and would just be crippling the anxiety at times and the self-doubt. And that was a lot of what I was coaching. And obviously some people I was coaching and they get well and they take everything the strategies on board and off they go and then there were those people that were you know it it was just a real struggle for them and I was saying to somebody the other day actually I didn't know about ADHD and with some clients it was like there was an elephant in the room but you didn't quite know what the elephant was there was something that wasn't quite I just couldn't we just couldn't grasp it and of course when I understood ADHD it was such an eye-opener because yeah, it turned everything I believed about ADHD on its head. And, um, you know, our brains are amazing for business. We're great at business. We're great at entrepreneurship. 
and careers and we can be you know we're leaders and we can be really amazing charismatic get everyone going full of the ideas and all of these things but that can also be you know the amount of ideas the fast brains can also be the downfall yeah. as well yeah I mean I talk about this that our brains and our nervous system are like kind of almost like polar opposites our brains are on the go all the time never letting up and our nervous system's just like begging us for rest and begging us for like calm yeah. and and that's where we get that like resistance because we aren't often that they're not computing and they're going against each other and that's when we get the burnout and it's trying to be able to manage the brain so we are doing all the dopamine um, led interest driven things all the creative all the exciting things especially in business and coming up with all these new ideas but then knowing when we need to rest and retreat and recharge and re-energize and very often our brain is the louder more dominant force and our nervous system only gets shoutier and louder when it's about to keel over and get very poorly and that's when we see the burnout and I think until we get an ADHD diagnosis we blame ourselves we're like well, come on other people can do this and other people like live this fast-paced life why do I keep burning out why do I keep needing to just shut the door and, and not leave for a week so I actually think it's it's so liberating understanding what that elephant is you know knowing what it is and being able to name it label it see it for what it is and be like right okay now what? Now what do we do business-wise? What do we do career-wise? And having that acknowledgement that it's there, it's not going away. You know, yeah. it's it's been there yeah. forever. <laughs> it still needs managing. <laughs> yeah, it's like taming it, but also allowing it to thrive in an ecosystem that um, is is healthy and that gives us an opportunity to to work the way we need to work to achieve and accomplish what our brains want us to ac accomplish. And I. It's very frustrating at first because say you have all these ideas and you want to launch all these things and travel and work all evening. But actually, we all we need to do is sleep and we need to kind of like down tools. It can be very frustrating. So how do you, I guess, is like how do you work with entrepreneurs? And I'm thinking about myself here to achieve what they want to achieve, but still kind of keep their ADHD in check and allow them to thrive without feeling like they're constantly having to sort of subdue themselves. It's interesting because, again, I can think some of my clients will come on and they'll say, right, as long as you're not going to ask me to work less, <laughs> you know, the fear is that I'm going to say to them, you, you need to work less. And it's quite interesting because I, I was thinking the other day, you know, I work with the clients that I work with that are in their 30s are, don't make me work less. We talk about burnout and pausing and you know what's actually needed to really for you to really step into your business and to really be the CEO of your business is not just about the drive forward it's about being able to step back and have the ideas and see things forward and have the energy but in the 30s it's like okay well I'm going to keep going until I until I can't go anymore and then women in their 40s are more like okay now I'm starting to listen a little bit and in their later 40s they're like okay, I'm with you. I know, tell me how I manage this. So I think first of all, it's kind of setting expectations and creating an understanding and education as to what's really needed. And I think sometimes when you haven't been through what burnout really is, it can be quite difficult to get that across. Um, you know, like 
49-year-old me wants to go back and smack 39-year-old me and go, listen, listen to what, you know, I was the same as yours. I was a wellness coach. I was coaching people and giving them all the advice to slow down. And yet I was going 19 to the dozen myself. So I think one of the things as well is it is that whole thing of self-acceptance. So it's getting to the point of realizing that, you know, actually when we can slow down, we can we can be so much more productive. We can be so much more creative. We we can actually use the talents of ADHD to our advantage. Whereas when we are going all the time, it's very difficult because it gets really scrambled. And so the symptoms come up and it's kind of like that crash and burn. Off I go again, crash and burn. And then comes in the self-doubt and the the erraticness, I think, that can sometimes come and that can cause quite a lot of the shame that women can feel around their ADHD, particularly when they don't know that that is ADHD. So I think it's setting expectations and education. And I think it's understanding how to, to harness these things. So for example, like hyperfocus. Hyperfocus is phenomenal, something that we have. It's amazing. I used it last night myself. But actually, I used to use it all the time. And I used to not be aware of that I was hyper-focused and actually that that wasn't necessarily a good thing because I would go and go and go. And, and the analogy, you know, you said explaining about the nervous system and the brain, we're not great at listening to our bodies. We're not great, like you say, at picking up those signals. So I, and I see this, you know, it would be a complete crash and then it's wipeout. So actually when somebody's been through that and they see that that actually affects their productivity, that affects their their profitability and their revenue and, and, you know, the cultures within their business, then it's like, okay, how do I manage this? And understanding that actually less is more. But to say that to someone with ADHD is, <laughs> it's not, it's not always very helpful. Um, I understand now how I work and I know that actually I'm a sprinter and I need to build around that the downtime before and after, and then I can go. So having that, you know, plan to my year, plan of what's coming up in my business, as opposed to being reactive all the time. Um, and I think that when we're reacting, that's when we can find ourselves thinking, oh, okay, that's brilliant. I've got to have my head down to the detriment of everything else, health, family, friends, fun, all of those things. Yeah. You know, I'm resonating with everything you say, but I know so many people will be because it's knowing that we can try and switch off. I mean, when you talk about the switching on the hyper focus, that's when we can really utilize it for its good and then be like, okay, thank you so much there. Thank you for doing what you needed to do. But right now I'm gonna honor that I need, now need to go and have a long walk with my dog. I now need to just go meet a friend for a coffee and because I think we could be naturally workaholics. I mean, so many, I know so many women in business with ADHD who probably don't see their friends very often. They get sucked into, especially this kind of world with like coaching and everything that's virtual and online. We can just be sort of sat of our, in front of our laptops for hours and the, you know, they just go away and you kind of get to the end of the day and it's like, oh my God, I've not moved. I've not eaten. I've not. And that's, that's usually actually can be like one of the killer questions that really um, can wake wake women up. It's like I'll say, so so what do you do for fun? 
and it'll be like mm, what <laughs> sorry I, I you know I've got my business okay so when did you last see your friends and you know I have them say I haven't really got any friends mm. I don't have friends and then then they'll go to a point of like that adds into oh I don't have friends and I said to one of my clients recently I said you say you've not got friends you need to understand the reason you haven't got friends is not because you're not a friendly likable person it's because you aren't making time to allow these people in your life because it's all to do with what you know it's like my friends are peers and colleagues that's one of the things it's like what are you doing for fun because work is it's there to serve a purpose and we're like we know if if we're interested that hyper focus we can switch it on and when we're passionate it just is all encompassing but there's more to life and I sometimes think again I think as you get a bit older and you you know like the burnouts become longer and more debilitating you start to think hang on what's going on here what's happened how have I got into this place yeah. and especially with hormones and menopause and that's yeah. when typically we see I think the more extreme highs and lows that women are starting to yeah. really understand their energy and see where um, they're, you know, they're where they're not sleeping properly, where anxiety is showing up more. And like you say, that workaholic tendency of just being in work mode doesn't support us as well as it used to. Maybe we're not getting the same buzz. And we don't have the resilience. Yeah. And that's not, like I say, you know, in our 30s or, and if anyone's listening to this in their 30s, you know, I used to say, like listen in your 30s because actually you can set the foundations that will take you through to you know your 40s and 50s and beyond because I know that in my 30s I I can remember my first sort of burnout and everything kind of came crashing down and I was it stopped everything stopped I went to bed I didn't move or, or speak really for kind of two days for a whole weekend we went on holiday and I came back and off I went again because I just topped myself up a little bit and I went on like that for quite a while, just topping up, topping up until, you know, I think I was 43, 44 and the big burnout came that took me months and months to, to recover from. You know, there was no more topping up. And so I think that, you know, I see burnout a lot with ADHDs in business and it's, it's something that... Um, I was going to say it's unnecessary, but it's very hard for us not to do. And I don't think we should feel shame around the fact that it's happening. But I think, you know, in our 40s, definitely we, we've got less resilience. And so we need to really look at the balance in work and life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just recently did a, a burnout workshop and it was really well attended. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, workshops are a bit more niche, but this one, it really resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And it was that I was sort of talking about like we're listening to the language of our body and it keeps tapping you on the shoulder and we can keep brushing it away and brushing it away. But then, you know, like an episode like you mentioned where it takes months to recover. Those are the episodes where it's like, OK, we need to listen now. This is it. This is we've had a big fat warning. We've had that bathroom floor moment where we either listen yeah. and things have to kind of really change or this is just going to be a cycle for the rest of your life. And you can make a decision. You can choose now which way you want to turn. So in a way, it's kind of like, thank you again for, for showing me how it is that I want to move forward. And if, again, we've had this ADHD diagnosis or awareness, then it's like, okay, it's not going anywhere. This tendency for me to kind of go full mode and then just yeah, crash. Yeah, 
is not probably going to disappear. It's just going to manifest and show up in different ways. Yeah. So it's like, how do we want to live our life now? Like what, what choices yeah. do we want to make? I think as well, what I also see and what I experienced myself for a long time after that was a real loss of confidence in my ability to get my head down and do the work. So actually for a, a, for, for a good few years, and again, I see this now in clients is they then hold back for moving forward in their businesses, for taking the next step, for scaling their businesses, because the fear that they are going to burn out is actually really great. And they think, I do not want to go back to that place again. And it doesn't need to be like that. It really doesn't because, you know, we we are so good for business. Our brains are perfect for it. You know, we have, we fail fast. We have ideas. We find solutions really easy. We're creative. We're tenacious. And Actually, we don't need to be afraid, but we do need to pay attention to this part of us that actually can be our Achilles heel and understanding, you know, what I what I see and have seen again, this is like going back the 17 years is enough. Enough has always come up in coaching. It's like the women who they don't feel like they do enough. They don't feel like they have enough and they don't feel like they are enough. And it's always what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And, you know, I, I run a program called ADHD Business Mastery, and we'll talk about, you know, having more focus, success and confidence in business. It's not about strategy. It's about those three things. But one of the things that comes up again is people that are building their, that built their careers really quickly because it's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And there's no pause to celebrate what they've done. So nothing ever feels enough because it's not recognized. It's not noticed because it's just this constant need the hyperactivity that keeps us needing to move move forward and to stay in the moment is either uncomfortable or uninteresting and it's like I've done that now on to the next thing and, and quite often you know you speak to ADHDs and they tell you what they've done and you're like aghast like, how have you managed to do all of that in one lifetime but I know how they do it because they don't stop to it's just never enough. So it's always the next thing. And I think that that drive is, again, what makes us so phenomenal in business, but is what we really need to be careful of. Because, you know, I speak to women that would be like, okay, I, you know, like working at night, I did this last night, I don't very often do it now. And I think this is the difference for me now. And what I try and work with my clients is, I have to work with my energy. And actually, there is that time when I'm in the flow and it's working and I need to pull it out of the bag. And, I, you know, I said to my husband, do you know what? I'm just going to crack on tonight. And I haven't done it for ages, but I did it last night and it worked really well. Today, um, that's it. But what can often happen is that night can go on to the next night and the next night and that becomes a pattern. And before you know where you are, you know, the nights are getting later the mornings are getting later, the food's getting faster, the workouts are getting skipped and, you know, social life's gone out the window and you're in this place where work is just consuming you. And I think that's that's part of our, our drive that we need to learn to kind of tame and, and, and harness, but not let it take over. And that's been a real big um, change for me and something that I try and help my clients with is that actually you know, there has to be balance because if you if you don't do it, you can't play the game and you can't win at the game. Oh my God, Kim, I'm sat here just like hanging on to every word of yours because 
I know all of this, but I can see myself in this description a hundred percent. You know, what yeah. you were describing then, this drive. I mean, I had I had a podcast before this called The Ambitious Mum, and you might have heard me talk about it on other episodes, but um it was before I was diagnosed. And it for me, it was a curiosity and a deep dive into why have I got this ambition, this relentless ambition. Mm -hmm. navigating motherhood and having all the trials and tribulations of like being a mum with young kids at the time but having this yeah. non-stop restless mind that would never let me just enjoy being in the present moment like I couldn't just be a mum and this this yes. ambition that just kept going more Kate do more do more you're not doing enough and so I had this podcast yeah. and I look back at it and it was basically me just an undiagnosed version of me going tell me <laughs> give me answers I'm desperate <laughs> And then that finally I got this diagnosis towards the end of the podcast series. And I actually interviewed an amazing woman called Diane Wingert. I don't know if you know her. And she's got a podcast no. called The Driven Woman. And she, again, is a similar coach to us. She's, she's sort of like in her mid-60s. Amazing, amazing woman. And she's got a podcast called The Driven Woman, purely for women like us and probably a lot of your clients and yeah. mine, who are just this, this motor that will not turn off and we have to reprogram relearn the importance yeah. of creating balance and listening to our energy yeah. because we can either be very sick poorly you know mentally yeah. unstable versions of ourselves or we can harness what we've got and thrive yeah with this constant check-in that wh yeah. why, why do I need to keep achieving more why do I need to keep producing yeah. more and why do I need to keep doing more you're like this is where we see all these women with PhDs and masters and five degrees yeah. and it's yeah. still not enough. And again, I understand because we've got this curiosity, this brain that just wants to keep learning. But how do we keep a tab on that, but still feed that interest-led brain, that curiosity, so we can feel this equilibrium that I'm always seeking and always trying to help my clients find as well? Yeah. It's understanding that we're enough, understanding that what we what we do is enough. And actually, you know, part of it is understanding that it's not, it's okay to stand still for a bit and just to, and I think, you know, one of the things that I do with clients, it's like we celebrate, we celebrate the amazing things that you achieve because there's so many things that, you know, people tell me they've achieved and that they just brush off. And I'm like, wow, hold on a minute. I talk to clients. I say, okay, this idea of um, never having done enough in the day. So I start with my clients and I'm like, okay, you pick three things that you're going to do that day in your business. Three things. And that don't pick the three massive things, you know, but it might be, you know, I'm going to record a podcast. I'm going to, um, you know, schedule in a couple of posts and I'm going to send an email, whatever it is. When those things are done, you are done for the day. Now, if those things are done at 10 o'clock in the morning, you can carry on doing some work. But the point is you have done what you set out to do and you've achieved that and you acknowledge that. And clients on the program said to me, that's been a real game changer because now I'm getting used to the fact of actually I've looked what I've achieved today as opposed to getting to the end of the day and staying up later and later and later because the deadline of the end of the day is looming and you can still do more. You still need to do more. You've still not done enough. I think that happens as well. The other thing I was going to say uh, just 
earlier about the whole end of the day thing. I think that that is a time for a lot of us, particularly working at home now and having these unstructured work hours and being able to work here, there and everywhere is quite often the end of the day is the time when the house quietens down and the emails quieten down. And then we get to this feeling of the end of the day, oh, well, I haven't done enough. So the adrenaline kicks in, the cortisol ramps up and suddenly rather than your body being ready for sleep, it's ready to go again. And you get the second wave of cortisol and suddenly you're off you go. And when I work with people, it really is about finding out who they are, accepting who they are and finding out how they work best. What is working for you in your business? And very often, actually, I'll say to, to women, they'll go, well, I was, you know, everything was going really well in my business. And then I did this course or I joined this mastermind or I went on this thing and suddenly things have gone downhill. And I think they lose faith in themselves. They stop listening to themselves. We've got amazing intuition. And suddenly they're trying to do things that don't suit them. They don't suit their energy. And I think the biggest thing that we can do in our careers and our businesses, look at what do I do? What works with me? What works with my brain? What are my strengths? What are the things that maybe I'm not so great at? And, you know, rather than looking at, you know, in terms of time, and in terms of resources, if you like, so time and money, where we're spending those. And maybe rather than going on a course to learn to do X, Y, and Z, maybe is there someone for the price of the course that you could pay to do it, <laughs> you know, and get them to do that bit and you come and do the part that you shine yeah. at. Yeah, it's brilliant because I understand it so well because I am that person and I'm coming out the other side. But I do fall into some of those holes still but I, my awareness is better. Um, but a few years ago, oh my goodness, I was buying all the courses. I was doing every workshop I could. I was constantly like taking in information and wanting more content and the overwhelm just kicked in. This comparisonitis kicked in. I couldn't even call myself a coach because I saw coaches I couldn't relate to. I was thinking, I can't do what they're doing and showing up live every day and showing up and sending 10 emails, you know, in a day and, and yeah. all of this. There was just no way in a million years that was me. So then I'm, I can't be a coach. So what am I? And then I had a huge kind of identity crisis because it was like, well, I'm, I can't call myself a, a coach. And then this shift happened where I was like, right, I have to work with my energy, what feels good to me, the output that I wanted to bring. And I stopped absorbing all this noise and, and I made a bit of space. And sometimes I go back and I'm like, I'm actually doing a course right now and I can feel that that feeling of like, oh, you know, everyone's doing it that way and I probably should do it that way, but I, I don't really want to do it that way, but that means I'm not going to be successful. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying don't do the courses. I'm not saying don't invest in yourself and don't invest in your learning. I just think that what happens exactly as you said, it becomes this whole thing and you get in and then you don't feel enough in that space. So you think, okay, well, if I spend and invest my time and money here, that's going to solve that problem. And that's going to, and you know, from a neurological point of view, that's like your prefrontal cortex is, is a goner. <laughs> you know, your executive function has gone out the window and you are looking around and thinking, I'm not good enough and your confidence goes low and you know you mentioned the comparisonitis I mean I think that's the other biggest distraction you know we get distra easily distracted I think that's one of the biggest distractions that we 
can all struggle with and then add that to the rejection sensitivity side of things and it just leaves us frozen it's so important that we understand that and i think that help that mindset shift is like gives us the permission to be us again you know we're looking for permission is it okay if I work like this like everyone else is doing it differently but like what you said before if you've done those three things before 10 o'clock why shouldn't we then go and have a dog walk and meet a friend for a coffee and do a yoga class if that's what we're craving if that's what we want to do but very often we're like well I'm I can't do that that's not what I should be doing if I'm running a business you know, that's not what it looks like but I know for well I see people who are very successful around me and the most successful people who have got balance in their life have made space. They've made time. They they have yeah. boundaries. They are not sat cramming at the their computer, banging out emails. You know, they're not having meeting after meeting with no buffer in between. They are the ones that are taking time for themselves. They're doing the meditation, the breath work, the walks in nature, and they're going inwards because, like you said, you know, we have a huge amount of intuition, and we're not we're listening to so much noise around us. We think that we need to be learning more and doing more, but actually that internal wisdom that we have is what we should be listening to because that is so often our compass and our our guidelines, our roadmap to the success that we're craving. Again, I speak to clients, you know, even myself when I'm in that kind of hole, I'm like, take, take the AirPods out, stop listening to that podcast and go for a walk and just have time, just you. And I will yeah. always get an insight or I'll get some form of like download that will be like, you know, that course that you're planning right now, it's not the right time or pull back from that thing that you've committed to. Yeah. And that's OK. That's the other thing is to think it's not the right time. And that's OK, because I can trust mm. myself. It's the learning to trust that even though our energy and the way we put output, you know, our focus or whatever it doesn't look like everyone else it's trusting that it's okay like it's still gonna work but it just looks different and then we get the evidence you know if we have an opportunity where we can down tools and switch off our, you know make a, a a break from social media and we stop kind of you know scrolling we make a bit of space and we start listening from within and then we get the evidence that we've made the right call that's when we can go, well, that time it worked. So even though it feels really scary and it doesn't feel right and everyone else is doing it that way, I'm going to trust myself that this is okay and we kind of follow those breadcrumbs. Um, and I'm so still on this learning process myself. Oh, okay. I don't think that we'll ever be <laughs> off it because the thing is we still have ADHD. Yeah. So there are still days when actually adhd is taking a bit more of a control and driving the bus a little bit more but actually the more we step into ourselves the more we'll realize that and i think also when we do that what what it enables us to do is like you know the big thing for me and what i do with all my clients now is like okay what is the plan what do you want to achieve what do you want this to look like like i quite often speak to my clients about what do you want where do you want to be in 10 years time and that seems like a really long way away for you know, particularly, again, ADHD is we're very YOLO, live in the moment, and we can't necessarily always connect to that future self. But if we have an idea of what we really want it to look like, and then we can think, okay, where do I need to be in five years? Where do I need to be in a year's time? What needs to be happening now? And in that 10-year plan, things can change, things will change. But actually, you've got kind of like the coordinates of the sat-nav. So you've got a direction, and you can then start pulling yourself back and asking yourself, is this part of the plan? And is it 
worth it. So again, you know, the book, when I decided to do the book, I um, had decided to do the book before and I'd stopped and started and did, did, did and I tried to cram it in between everything. And I just thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, how does my brain work best? What is my, I need a deadline. I knew I needed a deadline, which I had with the publishers. And I knew actually I needed all distractions gone. So actually I cleared my diary. I thoroughly, I did get my head down. I I served my one-to-one clients, but I didn't, I wasn't trying to launch anything or do any, pro. I was just like, this is what I'm doing. And I got my head down and it got really tough, particularly when it came to editing and all of that, because, you know, that's the, the boring part. Like we're kind of the brain switching off by then it's on to the next thing. But I was able to focus and think, no, this is the plan. And actually, if you if you focus on this now, you know, you're going to be an author in, uh, like it came out on the 22nd of September. So I was like, on the 22nd, you're going to be an author. And, and I was able to focus on it because, but before what I would have done and what I've tried to do is do the book as well as everything else and fit it all in because I felt like I should be doing this and I should be doing all of that and I should be being seen. And I just thought, do you know what? If my socials, if I'm not on Instagram, or if I'm not on, you know, here, there and everywhere every day, that's okay. I'm going to be okay with that because I know that if I invest this time now, there will be the time. And so now that's how I run my business. And that's how I encourage my clients to run their business. It's like, okay, what's the big picture here? What do you need to achieve? And actually, what's the noise? What needs to go? What are the distractions? And how can we best suit this environment and make this happen? And this is your focus and just focusing on this one thing, which I know that we find really challenging, but it's a lot harder without a plan. When you've got a plan, it, it it's a lot easier. But, you know, I knew this year for me in my business, there was so much I wanted to achieve and the old me would have tried to do it all at once. You know, I would have gone, well, I, you know, I'll get the, oh, I want to do the podcast and I want to do the book and I'll get it all going. And now I'm like, no, 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 that it's like one domino, knock that down. And then the next domino and then the next domino appreciating as you go along what you've done and having and sprinting. And if you sprint, that means that you take rest in between. It's not you try and sprint a marathon, which is how I used to how I used to do it. all. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this analogy of like a horse and you can have a horse that's like a wild horse with no reins and you just let it just run and run. Or we can train this wild horse to to be on reins and we can, you know, choose when we want to gallop and we want to canter. I mean, listen, I'm not a horse rider, so I don't know where this analogy's come from, but that's what was coming. But it's it's just knowing that there is a wild horse within us that we could just let go yeah. off on a, a crazy tangent and have this sort of abstract vision for life and that's why we, very often we find ourselves going around in circles but to have sort of these longer term goals and even just how do we want to feel later on in life like where do we you know oh, like yeah, how do we want to feel in our family how do we want to feel in our relationships and then just allowing you know I'm a bit spiritual sort of like yeah, universal things to, to yeah, drop no, in and not have too much strategy but enough to keep us on track that we do have some form of roadmap um that feels good to us that's actually you just made a good point you know it's not about having a 10-year plan you're like, i'm doing this and this is it. it's not about that it's like it's not even a plan it's a vision mm-hmm. exactly as you say like how do you want to feel where would you like to be within your life you know roundabout roughly i knew at 43 you know i just burnt out 
I had a business that was not, it wasn't working for me there and then. And actually I knew that I wanted to, to do the coaching and be an author. And my whole thing was that at 53, I wanted to be able to work for free and do some voluntary work. I'm 49. And actually, <laughs> whether I'll be there at, at there and who knows in terms of, but it's not, that's not the point. The point is the journey. And actually it, part of it was that I wanted to have written a book that I wanted. And actually I am year by year ticking these things off, but it's not how I used to be. It's like, I want to be here and I need to be here right now. I actually, and you know, when I do this, we can't say like, I've done that before, but the way of doing it, it's like, now I feel I've got the time to do this and it's not a rush. It's not a race. And I can do these things and, and do them and enjoy them and, and lean into them because we're so creative. We have so many ideas that actually, and I think they need to be honoured because, you know, you might be on your 10-year plan and suddenly you have this amazing idea and it hits you like a bolt of lightning like they do with us. But actually, then it's like, okay, how does this fit into the plan? Is this, the, and giving yourself time to, and space to let that kind of percolate and see where you go with it. But, you know, the other thing I do see is the ideas and always, you know, um, business, business owners or always been stuck in creation, always creating this program or creating that thing or creating this thing, never actually selling it or never actually making the money with it or never actually building the building it up because quite often they're either bored of it by the time they get to it or they get stuck in procrastination and fear of, of putting it out or perfectionism and it doesn't happen. And the whole rejection thing comes up and the confidence and that whole, and they start looking around and seeing what everybody else is doing. And, or I'm not going to be able to do this because it's not as good as this person. And suddenly, you know, they're shut down again. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, if you imagine a, a band writing, sitting and writing an amazing album and finally getting it out there and the album comes out and then they've got to do a year long stadium tour and they're bored of the songs. They don't, they want to be back, back in the studio yeah. writing and so you're so right we have to kind of notice and honor that and notice when we are just constantly just wanting to create and you know maybe tailor making a business that is more about creating or we dig a little bit deeper as to like what is it that we're we're afraid to put out there what is it that's going to maybe set off the rsd and i know for sure now especially as women in our generation that it all depends on our hormones and it depends on our cycles and our oh, yes. rsd is much worse you know like the second two weeks of the month or you know if we're going through yeah. perimenopause and it's all so interconnected. So, you know, as we, as we close today's podcast and, and it's just maybe just offering ourselves a little bit of compassion that there is a lot going on, especially with hormones and perimenopause and bringing it all together to create a business, a career, a life that feels good to you and gives you a bit of control when you want to pull back when you want to put your foot down on the accelerator and know that it's all going to be okay when you want to have those times where you want to retreat and when you want to kind of go full throttle and it's genuinely I think it's like learning every day like you said before you know we're, we're always going to be on this journey it's never gonna it's never gonna end no it's constantly just checking into yourself in with yourself and thinking you know actually Am I being effective here? Am I being productive? Or do I just need to step back and recharge my batteries and come back 
stronger. And I know now that I work this way, I work far more efficiently, have much more fun enjoying my business. And, and that's what I help other people do because what's the point otherwise? But we can get super hyper-focused on work and it can be, yeah, not good. <laughs> so tell people, I mean, I'm sure now that they've listened to this conversation, they would love to read your book. Um, so you said it's Amazon. Just repeat the name of the, the title again. So the book is called Square Pegs, a book of self-discovery for women with ADHD. And it is, I don't really talk so much about that in it. I just talk about that for me was I was working with so many women that were suddenly finding this diagnosis. And that's really a book to address the stories and beliefs and, and rituals and strategies that you will have created from years and years of living with undiagnosed ADHD and you know, trying to fit in and maybe not or keep up and that. So we do talk about the the work part of it. But yeah, so that's on Amazon. So Square Pegs, a book of self-discovery um, for women with ADHD. And your tell me just everyone if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to work with you, what's your website? So I'm on uh, KimRainCoaching.com, actually. <laughs> KimRainCoaching.com. And I'm on Instagram as the Entrepreneur's ADHD Coach. And everywhere else is Kim Rain. Rain with an E on the end. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. It's been so insightful. You've given me lots of um, things to think about because I think this was a very timely conversation for me as I am sort of feeling like I'm on the cusp of something that resembles burnout, but I'm going to be pulling back a little bit, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, my kids half term coming up and I've made a commitment um, that we're going away for a couple of days and I'm going to be really strict with myself about work and social media and I'm being very aware of that. And and it's trusting that you're going to come back from that so much stronger, so much stronger because you have given yourself. I did it in I did it in myself in September. We went on a family holiday and I didn't even open my laptop. And I came back actually thinking, wow, I didn't think I was stressed, but I felt like a different person coming back. I was just like, now I feel really ready to go. And it, it's just that reboot for the next for the next sprint. And then, yeah, yeah. It again. Well, thank you thank you so much kim and um for yeah me. been amazing conversation take care so that's today's episode done did what we talk about resonate with you i really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes that enhance your daily life and if you did find this episode insightful please do consider sharing it knowledge and awareness is power especially with adhd you can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time.